Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Agua. Write stuff down. Don't feel... This is something that happens to me, and I know it'll happen to you. You're worried that if you write it down, but then what if you lose it? And what if you don't go back and reread it? Or what if you don't remember where it is? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> you literally could write it down and then just, you know... Uh, turn it into a ball and, and throw it in the trash can. It's the writing process. Mm -hmm. It's the taking it from the mind to a piece of paper. Whether you put it on a computer or even better, if you have an old-fashioned, you know, uh, le legal pad or notepad, and you just write down your ideas, your plans, your hopes, your aspirations, what you learned today, what you didn't do, what you did do. Um, it's so healthy to just mm -hmm write things down and don't get hung up on what you're going to do with it or whether you're going to find it later. Just do the first part. Write it down. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Sanchez. This is uh, Rick Sanchez uh, podcast along here with my uh, sidekick, uh, Scotty Mednick, who is uh, hanging out with me today as well. What's up, Scotty? What's going on? How's everything? You know, um, you're probably listening to us and you might be driving to work. I don't know. It's kind of like the holidays. Some of you are working, some of you aren't. Might be in your car and you're thinking about a couple of things. You're getting ready for the new year and this is going to be a very important year for you to make some changes in your life. And I'm telling you that one of the things that you probably need to do is what I need to do. And maybe you can like take it from me, maybe from Scotty too. How do you put the focus back on you? If, if you can focus on yourself, because look, when you're on an airplane, what, what do they say about the oxygen when it drops down? Do they say to put the oxygen on your baby and then put it on yourself? No. They tell you to put it on yourself and then on your child. You can't take care of your child unless you take care of yourself. You can't take care of your wife unless you take care of yourself. You can't take care of your husband unless you take care of yourself. You can't take care of anybody unless you take care of yourself. Man, that is so important, and yet we all forget that because we're pleasers. Most of us are. We just care about other people, and we want to make other people happy, so we give of ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with giving of yourself, but there is something wrong with giving of yourself when you give so much of yourself that you don't give to yourself. So the focus needs to be on yourself. And, and, and we need to talk about this because... Something happened to me recently, and Scotty, you know this because I told you about it right away because whenever I go through these kinds of things, I share it with you. But it, it was just recently. I don't remember when the hell it was, but it was the finals of the um, the finals of the uh, World Cup. And everybody seemingly was talking about the World Cup. And Suzanne and I had uh, family and uh, visitors in our home. People are here for the holidays staying with us, old friends. And it's great to have people here. And it's you know, always nice to catch up. 
and makes for great conversations late at night, maybe having a glass of wine or early in the morning when we have a cup of coffee. And it's nice to have other people around the kitchen table to share ideas with and find out how their lives are going. And it is a lot of fun. But then suddenly that uh, morning, everybody woke up and everybody was talking about the World Cup. Some people even wanted to wear World Cup garb. and They couldn't wait to go to our big TV so they could all sit around and watch the game. And I almost felt compelled to to go to, well, I mean, they're in my house and they're all going to be gathered around my TV to watch the World Cup. And I felt like I needed to share that with them because after all, it's a big deal, right? It's the World Cup. And then I thought to myself, do I really want to do that? And the answer was no. I could give two shits about the World Cup. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, you know, and by the way, if you, Scotty, if you're a big World Cup guy, I don't even know. You may, maybe you like no. the World Cup. Don't take offense to the fact that I don't like what you like, right? I hope you're right. okay with it. You okay with it? I'm fine. I'm okay. I'll get over it. <laughs> but but seriously, I mean, look, and, and by the way, it, it's be, it even goes beyond that for me. I happen to have a pet peeve about soccer. This is me. I want you to hear me out. Don't hate me. Every time I watch soccer, I watch athletes who are pretending to be injured when they're not all the time. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you maybe don't watch professional soccer, football, whatever it's called, or you do. I grew up playing American football. That's how I went to college. The only reason, the only reason I was able to go to college was because I got a football scholarship playing American football. When you play American football, you're going to get hurt. And the last thing you want to do is tell people you're hurt. You gut it out. We're taught to be tough. We tell our coach, no, coach, I don't want to go out. Leave me in the game. I don't go crying to the coach. Oh, my, my, my leg hurts. So to me, it's anathema to watch an athlete who's acting like a little baby. I can't. It makes me freaking crazy. I have played with a concussion. I have played with a sprained ankle, uh, all taped up. I have played with broken fingers. Uh, I've got two knee operations. Uh, I've been hit so hard, I didn't know where I was. Uh, I have a busted clavicle, and I woke up the next day in the hospital. My body has been completely destroyed playing American football. And in our sport, at least the way we play it, you're taught that you don't complain, you don't sit around crying, and you certainly don't use it as an advantage or a dishonest advantage by telling the referee you're hurt when you're not. And when I watch soccer, it's just me. It's okay. This may not bother you, and it's okay if it doesn't bother you, but it bothers me. I don't like dishonesty. Dishonesty just bothers me. It, it when, 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 when someone tells me a bold-faced lie to my face and I know that they are lying, I'm not sure I could ever talk to them again comfortably. I might say hi and bye if it's my neighbor. If, if my neighbor comes over to me and he says, hey, Sanchez, uh, can you lend me uh, $500 because I've had an emergency in my house um, and a pipe broke? and I don't have the cash, and the guy only takes cash. Do you have cash? And I give him the cash. I give him $500. And I find out the next day that that was a lie. 
He did not have a pipe that broke in his house. He just needed $500 because he wanted to pay a gambling debt. And he borrowed the money from me to pay a gambling debt by telling me that there was something wrong with his pipe or his daughter or something else. So he lied to me. And I know he lied. And I've caught him in a lie. And every time I look at that guy from now on, you know what? It's just going to be different. I'm not going to enjoy running into my neighbor. I'll say hi. I'll say bye. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to plan to spend time with a liar. I'm not. When I watch soccer, to me, it would be like me saying, I'm going to sit down today and watch a bunch of guys who I know are all fucking liars. That's just where I am. And it to the point where I don't want to watch it. So, so that's where I am. And I please don't take it the wrong way. If you love soccer, if you're a big World Cup fan, just because I feel this way, please don't feel like, you know, I'm insulting your sport or I'm taking away something which is meaningful to you because you have every right to overlook what you want to overlook in life because there's a lot of crap that I overlook in life, even with myself. So it just happens to be my thing. But on that morning when everybody was going to watch it and I almost sat to watch it, I said, no, this is not something I like to do. So why would I put myself through this? So instead, what I wanted to do that morning was I've been dying to go for a long bike ride. So I got out my bike. I got my new bike rack on the back of my car, put it on there. I, I, I drove myself to a park with lots of hills. And I had the best damn time riding my bike. I was lost. It was a gorgeous, magnificent day. It was so beautiful. And I, and I did what I wanted to do because it fulfilled, mm. it made me happy. To watch the, the, the World Cup final with everybody else would have made everybody happy. And I guess they would have been happy to have me there. But it was more important for me to focus on me that morning. Does that make sense, Scotty? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Humans, we have this thing that's called FOMO, fear of missing out. And mm -hmm. sometimes we are willing to do things that we wouldn't normally do just so we could be part of the crowd. So we have something to talk about. I mean, uh, maybe I'm just a contrarian, but like a lot of times when these big TV shows come out, you know, where everybody sits around every Sunday night at 8 p.m. and watches HBO or something because Game of Thrones is on and then we can't wait about it, talk about it on my... Man, I hate that more than anything because Following it's like, the crowd. are you enjoying? Yeah, yeah. Are you enjoying the actual show, or are you enjoying the 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 water cooler talk about the show the next morning? And I sometimes question that with some things to the point where sometimes I, I kind of just wait until shows end to watch them. You know, years later, I'll be like, okay, that show really was horrible. Why did everybody watch it? Or wow, that was amazing. I can't believe I missed that. Oh my god! You, you, you know, it's funny you say that because. Uh, Everybody, it seemed, after the finals of the World Cup, wanted to talk about mm -hmm. the finals of the World Cup. Yeah, because as I understand, exactly. it was a great finish. It was a great game. Right. And everybody was coming up to me and saying, wow, Rick, did you see that? And I'm like, well, did, you, did I see what? The World Cup, Argentina, Argentina. Oh, my God. And yeah. France. And what about Messi? And it was so yeah. cool. And it was so, and that final shot. And, 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 and I'm sitting there going, yeah, that was really. 
And, wow. and here, here was my response to everyone. And I've had at least 20 people come up to me and say these things. My response to all of them was, what an amazing thing. Huh? How cool was that? Boy, they don't know. I didn't. I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not. You know what? I'm also not doing. I'm not going up to people and saying, "I didn't watch it." You know, I don't want to be that guy. With everybody who came up to me, I said to them, "That's awesome! Wow, what a great thing, huh?" I bet you had a blast watching it. And they all said, yeah, man, it was fantastic. And I said, yeah, nothing like a sporting event. And then we went on to the next conversation. I I didn't, you know, I didn't didn't want to pee on their fun. I didn't want to go around people saying, hey, so yeah, you watched it? Well, that's stupid. I didn't watch it. No, I just said, that's great. It's like you with Game of Thrones. Everybody gathers to watch Game of Thrones and you're like, exactly. No, exactly. That's great. You guys watch Game of Thrones and uh, I got, you know, I'm going to take my son and he and I are going to go for a walk. You know, but but I this but is, I don't want to I don't want to piss on your Game of Thrones fun. Right, enjoy it. I'm laughing a lot. Be, I'm laughing a lot because this is the, the third round of World Cups that I've worked with you. You know, mm-hmm. this is the you know 12 years that we've worked we've worked together. So I've seen the World Cup and how it affects you and with other people. I mean, I remember when we used to work at, uh, in Miami at the television station, which was a Spanish speaking television station. Yeah, and, and it was like everything just stopped when the games were on, and you're just you're walking around. And you're just like I, I don't get it. I, I, yeah, but you're right. You know, I mean, that's it, it's funny too because I have a lot of I have a lot of friends that are Italian, and every time the World Cup comes out, it's like everybody's got their Italy jerseys on, and it's like they're, you know, Italia, Italian. It's like yeah, you haven't watched soccer in the last four years, but it's okay, man. It's not my. But it's thing. okay. No, it's okay See, because but, it's, but it's, my my point about putting the focus back on you is, it's okay for it to be their thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yes. have to be your thing and you don't have to make their thing your thing put the focus Mm -hmm. on you if you decide that you need to do something because that thing makes you happy for me a long bike ride on a sunday morning is very important for me Mm. a jog Mm. every morning is very important it's where i clear my head it's where i plan my day it's where i uh strategize my life in many ways mm. and that's important to me so if mm. someone comes on sunday morning and says listen um i need you to do something at uh between eight o'clock and and nine or between seven thirty and nine which is usually when i take my jog i need to discipline myself to say for the sake of me no yes. that's when i do something that i love it's my jog and I do that. And, and, and the best advice I can give you is whatever that thing is, either fall in love with it, maintain that love for it, or find it and fall in love with it again. What is the thing you love? Is it a jog? Is it a bike ride? Is it playing catch with your son? Is it a game of hoops with your daughter? Is it a book? that you've been working on and that's the time you're going to have for writing that book? Is it getting up and making a gourmet breakfast because that's what you want to do for yourself and you want to be, whatever it is, it's you. And find the thing that's good for you, not the thing that's good for others. That is the first piece of advice on, you know, on, on, on how to focus on you. That is so important. Uh, the, the, uh, you know what number two is? I'll tell you what number two is. To focus on you, you have to conquer the fear. Conquer the mm. fear. And f- that that means to conquer, you got to confront it, right? 
what are you scared of? A lot of us, for example, have a fear of being found out. And by that, I mean, there are things about you that you know, and they make you feel like you're not as good as everybody else, but you don't want anybody to find out about that. Maybe it's that you don't write well, or you don't read well, or maybe it's that your math skills suck, or maybe it's that they don't know that you have a little bit of a drinking problem or a, a drug problem or a love problem, or that you've got something going on in the, and you have a secret you don't want people, whatever it is, you've got to confront it and you've got to deal with it and you've got to share it to conquer it. Um, you know, a lot of us have that issue. You and I have talked about it for years, Scotty, that I've experienced that because I grew up really poor and I never went to like an Ivy League school or any of that stuff. And I've kind of always been a self-starter and a self-motivator. I've always felt like I was a little bit of an imposter. And I constantly have to remind myself, no, no, you're actually as good, if not better than a lot of people out there. You probably mm -hmm. experienced that yourself. I mean, yeah, I mean, and just to backtrack, I think a lot of that begins with something that we've spoken about in the past is self-awareness. You have to have that self-awareness about yourself and why you have some of these fears and some of these even self-doubts like you're mentioning. And yeah, I've definitely felt it because, I mean, when I first started working with you, for example, I, I was trained in morning show radio, you know, funny yuck yucks, you know, things like that. And I never went to college or, you know, had a formal education. So now I'm working with this guy that's been on cable news, who's got, you know, degrees, <laughs> who's, you know, worked with CEOs and businessmen and interviewed presidents and world leaders and all these other things. And what the hell am I doing here right now? I, I don't belong here. I, I can't. I, I don't know. What is, what is he going to do when he asks me for a, uh, uh, so, what am I, you know? And Isn't yeah, that it was, funny? It was look, kind look of what you just said. I was thinking I was an imposter while you were thinking yeah. that you were an imposter. And yeah. I find out later on in life that we all have those fears. Yes. It doesn't matter whether and, and you're I'll, the CEO of the biggest uh, Fortune 500 company in the world, mm -hmm. the president of the United States Everybody. or whoever you are or whoever you aren't. We all have those same fears. We keep thinking, oh, yeah. I can't be like that guy. Little do you know that in that guy's brain, the same thing that you're worried about is going on in his brain. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. It is. And for me, one of the biggest things that always have helped me to overcome those things is to get out of the box and look for help. You know, or look around for the people around me that have the strengths that I don't and how can those strengths rub off on me and vice versa. So working with somebody like you, yes, it was intimidating. But at the same time, your skill set allowed me to to flourish and allow my skills to to rise and get better where I was weak. Yeah. So it, it's important to have a team around you, people around you that support you, so your weaknesses can become strengths and, and or you don't fall into those weaknesses. That's funny you say that because I'm going through the same thing right now. So if if again if today we're going to be talking about how you can put the focus back on you. Right. So you can feel better about yourself and you have to be a little selfish sometimes like me with my bike ride and do the things that are important for you. I'm not hurting. I'm not taking away their fun. I'm just deciding on that morning that I was going to focus on me and I was going to fall in love with what I know I love to do a long bike ride. Number two is find what you fear, confront it and conquer it. Right. You have to identify what it is and then conquer it. I'll tell you what it is for me right now. You know, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur and I'm always looking to start new businesses. 
And I started a business that went public, a healthcare company that was very profitable. And then I started Agua Media, which is the company that is behind this podcast that we're doing right now, Agua Media at aguamedia.com, if you want to check it out. And now I'm starting another company, and this company is about roll-ups. So roll-ups is when you get together with other people who have some means, and you go around buying businesses, all the same types of businesses, and you roll them up into a, you know, a, a bit of a conglomerate, so to speak, and, and you create a, a larger entity and then that entity, hopefully three, four years from now, we will be able to sell it for, you know, who knows, upwards of a billion or two billion dollars. And that's that's the the strategy behind this. Now, do I know how to do that? No. Am I nervous about it? Yes. Why? Because it entails going to other people who own businesses and it's their baby, it's their business, and it's worth millions and millions of dollars, sitting down with them and negotiating a deal where you want to buy, I want to buy their business from them. I don't know how to do that. And the partners that I'm working with, I'm learning from them how to do it, but I don't know how. So I'm very, very afraid of this particular skill set for this particular endeavor because I don't have the skill set for it. So what have I been doing lately? I've already checked out two books or bought them, I guess. There's an old term, checked out. <laughs> checked um, out. <laughs> where you, there's no place to check out books anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I ordered two books online on exactly <laughs> how to negotiate a deal, how to do a, how to roll, how to manage a roll up. I've been watching videos on it. I am teaching myself. So number three Ready for this year? School yourself on what you don't mm. know. I don't That's know good. what it is, but it's something. And it doesn't matter. I don't give a crap if you're 85 or 15. There's lots to learn. And what you don't know, you got to fill in. It's a canvas. You're looking at it. It's missing a tree. Go get the damn tree. Put it on your painting. Mm. Your life is your painting. So it's really important to, um, for me, it's learning how to do roll-ups. It's a part of business I've never had to do before. Well, school yourself. So number three is that. School yourself. You you understand, Scotty. This I, is I've seen you go. I mean, I've seen you go through this, and, and that's an interesting thing I want to point out is I, I watched when you first started radio and never did radio before. You were sure. nervous about radio, you were unsure about yourself, you were unsure. During it, I mean, we would go to commercial break and you would look at me and be like, you know, it would be like you would have a come to moment and be like, what just happened? I'd be like, you just did awesome, man. And you look at me like, wait, I don't even know what I did. And you'd be nervous. I saw you when you started with with the, the healthcare company and, and you had no idea about any of those things. It's interesting because every time you go into a new venture, you're always nervous about it because you always have that self-doubt. You yeah. always have you, you always have that fear but then you always take the time to learn these things. And I watch you learn these things. I watch you listen to the podcast or, or read the books or watch the speech, the, the the TED Talks and things of that nature that you do. I mean, you actually, I mean, you took your skill set that you have, that you were, you know, it's instinctive at this point, your journalism, and you apply it to other things, which hmm. is really interesting to watch happen because it's almost like, here's this new thing I'm going to do. And you investigate it and you do your research on it and, and you, you know, you do the same thing you do with journalism. It, it's kind of, maybe know, it's cause you it's know, and, and I think I don't, this is what works for me, but I don't know if it could work for others, but I'll just share it. I always find if something scares the hell out of me, then it's worth doing. Mm. If something scares the hell out of me, then it's worth doing. 
If it doesn't, then I feel like it must be something I've already done, so I don't really need to learn it. It's that that little sense of apprehension and fear, uh, maybe even a lack of comfort that makes me want to get over that hump, which makes it worth doing. Otherwise, you're a th- you're you're a bit of a thrill seeker, I will say, uh, and, and not an extreme thrill seeker. Like I, I I don't see you maybe jumping out of an airplane. No, no, I'm not going to uh, kill myself. <laughs> You know, right. exactly. But you are a thrill seeker in the sense where you're constantly trying to push yourself. You're always trying to one up yourself, whether it be, hey, Scotty, let's go out to the basketball court for two hours and here, time me and, and see how many shots I how many three points I can make in the next 60 seconds. You're constantly trying to push yourself. A lot of people don't have that. And, and it's not always a bad thing because it depends on the individual. Some people are happy with their job that they have or the life that they have. And they don't see necessarily room for improvement or want that improvement. And that, I mean, to each his own, but oh, no, listen, people uh, like I you agree guys- with you. I mean, what we do here is we give people um, strategies that they can employ, right. how they choose to employ them. By the way, um, there may be someone out there who has a job and their goal in life is to not have a job. They really are looking to have or do less because what they want to do is even more important, which is I want to stay home and make my son or daughter the perfect human being. That's my goal. I want to be home with my wife. Uh, I, I want to be home because my wife can't be home or I want to be home because my husband can't be home. He's working two jobs. I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to stay home with my children and I'm going to dedicate myself to their welfare and well-being. That is a wonderful goal for a human being to have. No, it's not I'm going to start a new company. No, it's not right. I'm going to get a, you know, a $500,000 a year job. No, but you know what? It's every bit as important. So mm-hmm. it, it, it when we say know what you want and these are the ways to achieve it, we're not necessarily saying yeah. you have to go for what the world might see as successful because successful yes. could very well be be a great mom or be a great dad, right? Well, it's whatever's important to going back to the first point, you. Exactly. It's about what you, you know, and for you, and, and you just described my situation. I mean, you know it, Rick, where yeah. I was working in podcasting and radio full time and my wife was doing hair full time and we came to a crossroad where my wife, she was too busy and she had to either kind of cut her book in half or take it to the next level. And she's making but good money. In her, fact, more money and than you could possibly make doing what you Oh do. my God. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so said, we hey. decided, yeah. And we decided that the right choice for us and our family and for me even was to not try for me to leave the house eight hours a day and her be out of the house 12 hours a day. It's for me to be home with the kids work from home where I can, and then support her business. And her business has has grown. But going into that, I was scared. I had self-doubt about these things. I know she had self-doubt about opening up her business and having employees. I mean, hell, we just had our Christmas party the other night. We had uh, 20 empl- We had twenty people there. And, and just the look on their faces and, and the feeling that they have about the environment there, it, 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 it's such a fulfilling thing that it worked out the way it has. And, and, and you know, I wouldn't want it any other way at this point, but it wouldn't have taken, we wouldn't have been able to get here if we didn't take that chance. If I didn't have that fear of quitting my job. And by the way, as a guy, it's gotta be tough. You know, I, the man supposedly, what society says I need to be is the provider. But because my wife has a flourishing business and she's doing very well and I'm very proud of Mm -hmm. her and she's making 
so much money in that business and it's become so successful. She needs me, the provider, to stay home and take care of the kids so that their well-being, their welfare, their sense of self is good enough that they will be the kind of human beings that will make our family proud. You know what? Yeah. I'm sorry, man, but what she's doing is really important and she should, be, she should be heralded for that. But what you're doing is equally important oh, yeah. and you should be heralded for it as well. And you hit it on the head, man. There is definitely a, a stigma against it. It's a bit taboo for the dad to be the father to be home with yeah. the kids. And, you know, when I go to the park and the mothers are playing with the kids, uh, you know, or, or, you know, picking the kid up from school and I'm the only dad there, you know, you, you get the looks. And when you talk to other fathers and they're like, <laughs> the oh, what do you looks. do for a living? Oh, I take care of my kids all day. <laughs> oh, like, you know, you get like this kind of like, but yeah. again, I'm doing it for me also. So going back to your first point, if I was doing it for everybody else to try to show off for everybody else, hey, look at this awesome job I have working in radio and all these other things and I'm putting it on my Instagram, that's for everybody else then. And I'll be unhappy because my kids are being raised by a stranger. Yeah. And I don't want that for me. No, it's every bit as important. And look, you know, when I was doing the news on CNN and NBC and doing the news on the radio and doing a show with you and doing all of these other things, <laughs> Suzanne yeah. was taking care of our four children uh, relentlessly mm -hmm. and making sure that their well-being and her job was every bit as important as my job. So it's, yeah, it's important when we go through these conversations because a lot of people who teach people how to be successful and I'm not going to tell everybody there, well, I happen to have started a $4.4 billion company. I co-founded that. How about me? Huh? Wow, wow, wow. Big freaking deal. Yeah. So what? I mean, in the end, yeah, yeah, you had some success with that, but that doesn't define me. And that's nope. not what I want for you. That just happens to be something that came into my life where I learned and stretched myself and actually had some de developed some new skills as a result of it. But it doesn't define me no more than mm. my my teaching my sons to be good athletes and good human beings and my daughter to be loving, you know, something she maybe has gotten from me and from my mom. That's even more important. That's even more important. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad it's you. It's not said always that, about the. It's not it's not always about the financial value of things. No, Some things no. are more important. Success comes in many ways and many shapes. By the way, mm -hmm. number four, I wrote these down, and take it outside. Number four is take it outside, and I'll take you through these again if you're if you're listening. First of all. Fall back in love with the thing you love. For me, it was I love to ride my bike at all expenses. Number two is conquer the fear, whatever it is about yourself. And how do you conquer it? Well, in many ways, learn what you don't know. If you have a fear of something you don't know, learn it. School yourself. Be transparent about it. Tell people, look, I don't know this, so I'm going to go learn it. I'll be back tomorrow. It's okay. And number four is take it outside. Every once in a while, I just think it's so important to be contemplative. And that means find a new space. Uh, go for a walk. Go for a bike ride. Go for a run. Find a new area. Wherever it is, get yourself just outside from time to time for the sake of changing the environment. Sometimes we get stuck in the in, in that rut of the same thing all the time. You just mentioned how important it is for you to just go to the park with the kids and hang out. I bet yeah, you that yeah. you probably get as much from that as you do from anything else in your life. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The fulfillment in that. And it's funny, too, because it's one of those things where you're getting ready for the park. It's annoying. It may be hot outside and it's annoying. But the minute you're pushing, you know, one of my, when I'm pushing one of my sons on the swing or catching them when they're coming down the slide, all those things go out and it's it's like the fulfillment just it's such an overpowering feeling it really is i worry about people who don't go outside enough like mm. you know why why they they go to their work Man. and they sit in an office or a cubicle all day and then they come home and they stay inside their kitchen or their apartment or their house or whatever but they but they don't work their way outside and wow. you know Depression, I, man, I, it, it create it, it literally will create depression. And you get to a point where you aren't able to pull yourself out almost by yourself at, at times, especially if you're on that same, you know, work, home, TV, sleep, wake up, work, home, and you don't have anything, you know, to break it up. I mean, there's, I, I've, I've, I actually recently saw, and excuse me for not knowing the exact statistic, but children that play sports are overwhelmingly less. Uh, uh, depressed and deal with mm. depression issues yep. and, and unhappiness and sadness. And, and a lot of that is the camaraderie from being on a team or being, like you said, achieving things, but being outside, being challenged and overcoming those challenges, especially at earlier years. I mean, my son, I'm about to sign my son up for some sports right now because it's that time. And, and I know what it's going to be. He may hate it, but I know what it's going to build in him that he's going to be able to take with him through his life. And I see a lot of kids, man, that are just unhappy. And all they do is sit inside and play video games. And oh, I'm not against video games. I love video games. But again, it's about that balance, man. You like got to take it outside. Yeah. No, you got to yeah. go outside. I mean, take number five. Just, you know, uh, take it outside. Uh, it's it's really, really Im- important. Uh, the other one I think is really important is and my advice to you this year, if if you're if you're jotting these down, if not, we'll figure out a way that I'll put them on uh, on uh, Twitter or I'll put them on our uh, hey, tweet them out or, or I'll put it on ricksanchez.com. Um, write stuff down. Just write stuff down once. In a- By the way, don't feel this is something that happens to me and I know it'll happen to you. You're worried that if you write it down, but then what if you lose it? And what if you don't go back and reread it? Or what if you don't remember where it is? It doesn't even matter. You literally could write it down and then just, you know, uh, turn it into a ball and and throw it in the trash can. It's the writing process. Mm -hmm. It's the taking it from the mind to a piece of paper, whether you put it on a computer or even better, if you have an old fashioned, you know, uh, legal pad or notepad, and you just write down your ideas, your plans, your hopes, your aspirations, what you learned today, what you didn't do, what you did do. Um, It's so healthy to just Mm -hmm. write things down and don't get hung up on what you're going to do with it or whether you're going to find it later. Just do the first part, write it down. It's it, it's it's so different. Thoughts are great, but until the thought is put on paper, it's just a thought. And you don't build a life on thoughts. You build a life on actions. And writing down is the first step toward action. Call me crazy, 
But that's what I no, do. No, you're right. I mean, every, I it's very every, 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 every therapy, you know, that I, you know, that I see, it's always, you know, they always include journaling. It always includes, you know, writing down your thoughts and your feelings. And it's important. Like, and, and I do that too a lot where I actually, I use my notepad and my phone because I don't always have a pen and paper. So I'll just jot notes down, yeah. thoughts down, things like that. And man, I can't tell you how many times I just haven't gone back and looked at it. And then I'll be looking for something and I'll come across something that I wrote down that I that I heard that motivated me one day. And I read it and it reinvigorates me. It, it sparks a flame again. And so, yeah, those things are important. And like you said, getting it out of your mind and onto paper, it, it's almost like it, it's it, it's creating it almost. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's putting, you know, it's actually physically there now. Whether or not you read it or throw it away, it's now a physical thing that you put down. So... I agree. And it's something that I used to think was corny, by the way. I used to, as a younger kid, what do you mean you want me to write down my dreams and my goals? That's kind of silly and stupid. Mm -hmm. But no, as I get older now, I, I, I'm i starting to eat that a little bit. And I realize no. that, you know, putting those things down, it's helpful. It when really I is. finish a good meeting or before a good meeting, when I know I'm going to be meeting with some business partners about a particular mm -hmm. subject, before the meeting, I will sit down and I'll write myself my own personal agenda of the things that I think I need to discuss so that I'm prepared for it. I mean, right. sure, if it's just a BS session with Scotty over the phone, Scotty, hey, what's going on? How are the kids? What's going on with the family and blah, 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 or let's talk about this, then it's different. But when I'm going to have a formal meeting with somebody, I sit down and I write myself an agenda. And when the meeting is done, I sit down and I write what I learned from that meeting right. and I put notes on everything. I, I just think... It makes a difference. Uh, yeah. I think I, successful people. And how many times do you take notes while we're talking even? I mean, you, there's been times where we're on the phone. You say, oh, that's good. Let me write that down. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> that's where ideas come thing. from. That's where successful speakers get their motivation to be able to then put the words together to create thought processes that are meaningful. It comes from words. Words don't come from air. Words come from being able to write them down and looking at them so that you can reuse them again in the future. Whether you find that piece of paper where you wrote it or not. And number six for me is to, uh, am I in the right number? Let me go back through. Fall in love with the thing you care about. Uh, number two is uh, confront your fear. Number three is school yourself. In other words, learn the things that you fear. Uh, number four is take it outside. Number five is write it down. Number six is, you ready? Now, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not telling you you have to go to church. I'm just saying... Find that place. Maybe it's, for me, it's the Catholic church. I like to go to my church from time to time. I even recently went to church and I confessed my sins. My, my confessed my sins. See, it made me so nervous. I couldn't get the word sin out. It, it's part of a tradition that goes back thousands of years where you sit in front of somebody. It's not really a confessional anymore. You're not in some secret dark room. Uh, you're actually going into, I don't know if you're Catholic, but nowadays you just walk in and you tell the priest, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And you just share ideas with him and you talk to him and you tell him what you think you've screwed up in life. And then he he gets a little bit of a chuckle out of it. And then you share ideas and he gives you what he thinks you should do. And he'll recommend some prayers that'll help you kind of recenter yourself. That's what I do. I happen to be Catholic and I like going to my Catholic church from time to time and feeling good. I feel solace there. Does that mean I'm a crazy that everybody has to be like me? No. For, for you, it could be a tree that you like. Go sit under that tree and contemplate your life. Mm. You know, be contemplative. Maybe it's your synagogue if you're Jewish. Maybe it's something else if you're, you know, if you're Protestant or you're Baptist. Go to your church. Uh, get, mm -hmm. Find that place where you find spirituality. 
whatever it is, never let that sense of spiritualness, that thing that there's something out there in the universe that's just bigger than all of us, because you have to put your thoughts in a place that are bigger than yourself. At some point, and I know this sounds a little conflictive because I started this whole conversation about take it back to you. But in the process of taking it back to you, one of the steps you have to take is find a way to make it about the universe, about something bigger than you, about the world, about the people, about that special place where you go and find yourself under that tree or in that forest or that park where you used to go when you were a little kid to play ball. And you just got to go back there and find that little guy again. And I do those things in my life. And I think they're important. So I share that with you as my step six, Scotty. Well, and I think what you just said, I mean, it, it, it doesn't contradict itself because what can you put out to the universe if you're not healthy, if you're not balanced, if you're not, you know, in the right mindset, you're not going to give anything out. So in order to, you know, be part of that, you have to start with yourself. So in a way, you're not really kind of contradicting. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's like, it's the process of it. And yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not really religious, but I'm really spiritual. I believe in something that's maybe bigger than all of us that maybe we don't know or we don't understand, but it's there. And for me, it's just kind of, you know, going outside. Like you said, I don't really have a tree, just kind of just sitting outside, especially on beautiful days, especially if it's nice and quiet and you can hear the wind and, yeah. you know, just kind of balancing. It's find that center in yourself yeah. and, and mean, just breathe. And if that's, you know, I guess the new word for it is meditation. And I'm fine with that. If it's meditation, fine. Yeah, meditating, meditation sure. is great, man. Meditate. Yeah. Meditation is yes. great. You know, uh, us yeah. guys who come from a different generation, we're Catholic, we call it prayer, but it's okay. Yeah, Prayer to one guy could be meditation to the next guy, whatever that thing is that helps you find mm-hmm. your spirituality, your sense of purpose in a world that's very confusing, whatever it is, that's important. Don't let, don't let that not be a part of your game plan this, uh, this coming year. Here's number seven. And I think this is really important. And there happen to be two people right now who are both really bad people who happen to epitomize the opposite of this. There's two people out there right now. One of them is Sam Bankman-Fried and the other one is Donald Trump. And both of those guys epitomize the opposite of what I'm about to say. Stay current, update yourself. Don't be the guy with a haircut from the 1960s. Don't be a guy who looks like he's wearing baggy shorts, hasn't combed his hair in a week, probably hasn't brushed his teeth, and sets that example. Look look at the two people we're talking about. One's indicted and one's about to be indicted. One of them is so beyond learning about what the world has moved toward and maybe out of selfishness has said, no, this is the haircut I wore 25, 30 years ago. It was perfect for me then. So it's got to be perfect for me now. Or, you know, I'm not going to comb my hair. In fact, I'm going to look like a slob because I don't owe it to anybody to look good or to update my look or to put on a clean shirt. See, I say, update yourself. You don't have to go out to the mall and buy a $9,000 suit. They've got plenty of nice $150 suits at JCPenney's or at 
any of these, you know, at uh, Ross Dress for Less. There's plenty today of clothing and things you can do so you don't look like those guys. You know, I don't know what it is, but I, to me, I learned it from my parents. Every once in a while, you got to just take a look at yourself and say, why do I, why don't I cut my hair and make it look more like the haircuts that most people are wearing today? Why am I wearing a Hawaiian shirt from the 1970s when everybody else today is wearing, I don't know, whatever kind of t-shirts or people are wearing or jeans or why do I have my, my, my pants above my belly button when most people today don't wear their pants like that? Why am I wearing bell bottoms when nobody wears bell bottoms anymore? <laughs> Please. I mean, just, you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to be a fashion statement, but when you update yourself, you send a signal to the world that you're caught up. And you're willing to share in whatever it is the world has moved on to, at least to the point where you want to be respectful of it. Well, Does that it, sound it's, crazy? It's kind of one of those things that it's what you put out there is kind of what you get back. So you may be the best person in the world, the most intellectual person in the world. And if you look like a slob and, you know, a bum for lack of better words, I may have a predisposed idea about you before we start talking. And that might be an unfair advantage for you who might be great because of the way you're being perceived. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you go on a job interview, are you going to wear a, a, a crumpled up t-shirt jeans with holes in it? Because you know, your, your resume speaks for itself. Yeah. Well, no, because what you're putting out there now is looks like you're a piece of crap and I don't care what a piece of paper tells me. Yeah. <laughs> you might be a piece of crap there. Or it just, um, I mean, I don't know. Look, I mean, uh, Biden went too far the other way. That guy looks like he's had so much plastic surgery that it doesn't oh, fit. Well, you know, he doesn't look, that's, like, I mean, he, doesn't, yeah, that's, he, do, he doesn't look his age to me. Trump, on the other hand, I mean, he's still wearing suits from, you know, uh, an yeah, era. Yeah, well, he's still so wearing, the, he still has pleated pants on with the big boxy shoulders. And, and, and a tie things like that, that like goes looked, down beyond yeah, his crotch. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the big, everything I, is I just, think it, I th like, just pay attention. Nobody does that anymore. Right. I, I think it's also important to not just, you know, change yourself in that way, but also your men your, your mentality of things. You know, we're in the, we're in the holiday season and, you know, I can't help thinking about the Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. You know, what's that all about? It's about teaching Scrooge a lesson so he can change, so he can be a better person because he wasn't doing it on his own. So I think a lot of times, you know, about change, that's a perfect example of how to, you know, about change, about redeeming yourself and, you know, being a horrible person for God's sakes and maybe just changing your and, perception. And I think a lot of it is maybe, okay, we'll leave this subject in a minute because now we're getting into almost the point about things that I think don't matter that much, which is the physical stuff. But here, let me just say it this way. If there's something about the past that you like and want to keep, like, for example, I don't like wearing very tight suits. I know most men today wear their suits so tight that they look to me like they're very uncomfortable, and I don't. So I'm still going to buy a well-tailored uh, suit that fits my body. In other words, suits used to go all the way down to the mid-thigh. Today, they're just, you know, mm -hmm. barely above, you know, the, your butt. Okay. But I'm still going to wear my suits a little baggier because I want to be comfortable in a suit. So I'm going to keep something from right. the past. I'm going to keep my suits a little baggier. There's people out there who really feel like tattoos are important to them. So they want to have a certain tattoo. M you know, maybe it's on their arm. Maybe it's a tattoo of their mom. Maybe it's somebody who died. Maybe it's a memory that's important to them. I have all the respect in the world for that. But if you show up to work with tattoos going down the side of your face... Yeah you know, or all the way up and down your neck, 
Uh, just like the guy who shows up to work wearing a suit from the 1950s or 60s that they got at a Goodwill mm. or something. I'm sorry, but the impression is you ain't keeping up. The, the world no, is no. like like you haven't read a good book lately. Like, you know, things are a little different today. And it's okay to keep a little bit of the past or to keep a little bit of yourself or whatever your passion is. But if you send signals that you're out there and you have nothing to do with what's going on in reality, people will start thinking of you as someone who as someone who is not in tune with reality. And that means you're fucking crazy. <laughs> so yes. I'm sorry, but and, and you don't want to be that guy because uh, I just named. Two no, guys and unfortunately, with tattoos right now, using like the that, example. Huh? What? Yeah. And unfortunately, with tattoos on the face example, you know, with being a current trend with young people today, if that's not a trend in 20 years from now, which most likely won't be, you're kind of stuck with it or you're <laughs> going to have to like go. To, I mean, suit. so you it's not like a baggy <laughs> suit. Hey, I'm still wearing zoot suits from the 20s and 30s. Hey, look at me. I can you can yeah. change, buddy. That's the fine. In, you know, if the you guy get in some, bell bottoms and flip flops. It's like, oh, my no God. problem. We can do it. We can do a complete makeover for that guy. The person, you know, I, it's a big it's a big trend right now with women with the different types of surgeries are getting on their bodies and. What happens when that's not the style for the shape of a body? Yeah, anymore? no, the face tattoo, then? man, or, or, the neck tattoos. I, what do you What do you do with the neck that? I, yeah, I mean, listen, I've got friends that have the tattoos all over, and it's not for me personally. The face tattoos, I, I don't know, man. That's a whole nother level. Yeah, personally. I, you can't hide that thing. You know, you get a little thing on the side of your neck, and your your your, your collar hides it when you're in your business suit. Fine, you know, you you that's cool with you, me. I don't care, but you get the little teardrop right here, a butterfly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It is what it is. And finally, <laughs> here's number eight. Um, no matter what you learn, no matter what you do, no matter what mistakes you've made, um, no matter what choices you've made, the most important thing for you being able to uh, focus on you this coming year and achieve the things through you that you need to achieve is practice self-compassion. Forgive yourself. It's okay. You will make mistakes. You have made mistakes. And those mistakes that you made in the past will cause you regret from time to time. But you should do whatever you can to focus on two things. The ability to forgive yourself for whatever you've done and the ability to then learn from those things so that you don't commit the same mistake again. But if by chance you do, rule number eight applies again. Forgive yourself, replan, and commit yourself to doing it better yeah. in the future. That's all you can do. And I know it sounds yeah. so simple, but it's so it's important because sometimes it's hard to forgive ourselves, you know? Yeah, very hard. It's, you know, it's interesting, as you were saying that I, I, yesterday I was volunteering at my son's school. My son, he's in kindergarten. And I was working with the kids and one of the kid, one of the kids, he he knocked something over and it made a mess and whatever. But he was so upset about it and and he he couldn't let it go. And he was, I mean, like over the top about it throughout the the morning and everything. And as you were just saying that to me about forgive yourself, <laughs> that's something that we're born with almost. You think, right? It, it's something that it's not just so. E it sounds easy, like hey, just forgive yourself, let it go. It, but that's something that's instinctive. Like I saw it yesterday in a five year old. It's something that he wasn't taught. That's just in him. That now he's angry with himself. He's upset with himself. He's crying because he spilt the, the paint. You know, 
so it's not easy because it's a human instinct. You have to overcome those instincts of feeling like you're a failure or that you failed or you messed up and how do you, it's not easy. No, it's, it's not, not easy. It's not. And you know, because you have to, you have, have to be to very real with yourself. Yeah. Well, no, we're taught we can't win, win and win. I, I think maybe these are the words that capture this last one. Um, Self-compassion is the ability to offer yourself the same gentle words and comforting actions that you would use if you're talking to a friend who's going through something difficult. In other words, yeah. somebody comes to you and says, can I talk to you? I'm going through a real tough time. What would you say to them? Would you be comforting? Mm -hmm. Would you be gentle? Would you be kind? Would you be embracing? Yes. You would be all of those things. Well, all of those things that you would give to someone else in that situation, you now need to give to yourself. And we don't do that enough. So yeah. that's probably- That's great, man. I just wrote that down. That's a great exercise that I'm probably going to use throughout my life now. Like hmm. literally, like that's great. Anytime I'm down on myself or something bad happened, how, how would I give that advice to my best friend or my wife or my brother or somebody like that? Like what advice would I give them if they had that situation? And then now let me apply that to myself. So Rick's list, that's hard on to do. Rick's list on CNN used to be about the news, right? And yeah, now yeah. I, I'd like to think that my Rick's list is ideas that I like to put out from time to time that you and I put out together on things that you can use to deploy, really. It's like deploying yeah. a strategy. Today's is put the focus back on you. And how do you do that? Yeah. Fall in love with the things that you love and do them. And don't let anybody else get in their way whether it's the World Cup or anything else for you. Um, conquer that fear and beat it by schooling yourself, which is number three. So if number two is find your fear and conquer it, number three is conquer it by learning new skills that you may not have. Then you won't be fearful about that thing in the future, but you got to do it. See, that's an action, not a thought. And actions are more important than thoughts. Number four is just take it outside. Every once in a while, just take it outside. Get out of your environment. Number five is write shit down. Write. It's important to write things from time to time. It takes it, again, from a word to an action. Number six is, I don't know what, a, what you call it, but find that contemplative place in your life. If you're a spiritual, be spiritual. If you're a religious person and you happen to be a particular religion, go to that place, that building. Whether you go during mass or during service or not, even just go there, sit down, get on your knees and talk to your God, whoever your God may be, or just God in general. And if it's a tree or a lake, that's okay too. Number seven is update yourself. Stay current. Know what's going on in the world so you're not an oddball. It's important. That doesn't mean you can't be unique. Be unique. But don't be that gal or that guy that everyone says, Oof, what the hell is that? That Sam Bankman freed look. Number eight, forgive yourself and practice self-compassion. You do those things. You do those things and you will be able to better focus on yourself, uh, not the expense of others, but as a result, you will help others around you become better too. Because that's just usually the way it works. I got to help me to help you. I got to help me to help you. That's the way it works. So um, there you go, Scotty. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's great. Everybody talks about New, Year, uh, New Year's resolutions and um, New Year's resolutions, but nobody ever explains how you're going to get there or how you're going to 
you know, conquer those things. And yeah, here we are getting a says, bunch of want, steps on how. This year, right. The New Year's resolution is I want a new Ferrari. Well, right. <laughs> so do we all. But, but any of those, anything, I want to start going to the gym. I mean, listen, you got, these are all things that you can apply to all of these things yes. for your resolution to actually make them not just be some resolution that has come and gone, you know? I hope it's helpful. And I like the fact that we were able to do it in the form of a conversation as opposed to me just, you know, or any, you or me giving a speech about rule number one, rule number two. I mean, we're, as we're discussing these things, we're applying it to our own lives. And I think that's kind of the same thing that people are doing as they're listening to us. So I think that's why it Absolutely. makes for, an, you know, for, for, for uh, a podcast that you can maybe use. So thanks again. Listen, I'm Rick Sanchez. This is the Rick Sanchez podcast that I do from time to time with my buddy, Scotty Mednick. And it's great to have you here. Obviously, you can also find the podcast on aguamedia.com. That's aguamedia.com in case you want to look something up over there. But generally, it's all over the place. So uh, ubiquitous, as they say nowadays. As the kids say, it's ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. ubiquitous indeed. Uh, that means it's everywhere. That means you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple. You can find it wherever the hell you get your podcast. You will find the Rick Sanchez podcast and other podcasts that we're now going to be putting out there as well. And there are a bunch coming. And of course, if you happen to be watching um, also on um, on the YouTube thing uh, or you watch a clip from this uh, on YouTube and you should probably then to see more in the future, subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that word that makes people want to sing or shout or bring it out. Um, Creativity is a good thing. Thanks, Scotty. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. That's it for us. Have a good one. Andale, dale y vamos con todo. Agua.